Welcome to the ADHD Open Space Podcast. My name is Gray Miller, and I will be your host and facilitator as we explore ideas, workarounds, accommodations, and other aspects of being a professional adult with ADHD. Most of this will come from my perspective as a cis white male in his mid-50s, living in the Midwest, who found out a year ago that I've been living with ADHD my entire life. I am not an expert on ADHD, except maybe in not knowing I've had it for half a century and somehow still getting by. But I promise to cite my sources, or at least admit when I'm repeating something I read on the interwebs. If I say anything you don't agree with, you are welcome to call me on it and let me know. This podcast is also part of the lead-up into the first ADHD open space happening in Madison, Wisconsin, on January 20th, 2024. You can learn more about that event both here in the show and at the website ADHDopen.space. The first 30 episodes of this podcast are also being released as part of National Podcast Post Month, not Pod Pomo. That means things might get a little rough, but it's going to be fun. Kind of like ADHD, right? Enjoy the show. Welcome to the first ADHD Open Space Podcast interview. It is my great pleasure to welcome to the show someone who I was first a fan of uh, from afar, and then I was a fan of her work up close when I got to see her at um, at the, some vendor areas at some events. And uh, now then, then sort of a colleague, as we were both vending at the same places. And now, if I may be so bold, I'd like to say you're my friend. Is that right? Absolutely say so, yeah. Welcome, Nadia Vanilla. Well, thank you for having me, Gray. Um, and you are a, well, how do you, do you refer yourself as? Artist? Because you do do some mixed media, but I also know primarily you do paint, I think. How do you refer to yourself? Honestly, I mostly just call myself an erotic artist because, like, the through line is the content, not so much the, uh, like, what I use to make it. Gotcha. And and just so everyone here, that that was not neurotic artist. That was an erotic artist. Um, I mean, a little of both, but yeah, yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and, uh, you know, to be honest, I actually didn't know that you had ADHD until I think, uh, I came to Arizona and met you and your husband and, uh, you were, you were talking about having ADHD, like in this, in your studio, as we were talking sort of, like, well, of course, you know, we get along really well. Of course you have ADHD. Um, but if we were going to have the little Nadia Vanilla ADHD trading card and we, uh, turn it over on the back to get the, the stats, can you tell me how old were you when you were officially uh, diagnosed with ADHD? It was January of 22, 2022. So that would make me 38 years old when I got wow. diagnosed. Wow. Okay. So that would qualify. Yeah. That would put you in the late diagnose club. Welcome. Rarely in the late diagnose club. <laughs> I mean, I can't say welcome. You were diagnosed before I was. So yeah. How long before that, assuming it was before that, did you suspect you had it? Or did someone else tell you? Someone else told me. It was um, 
like, I mean, I was a talented and gifted kid. I genuinely thought that I was just a person who couldn't get my stuff together in adulthood. You know, like, I'm an artist and artists are flaky or whatever. Um, picture me making hand gestures right now. <laughs> but um, I was in a therapy appointment talking about a, uh, like, a conflict that I was having with a colleague about a timeline that we were working on. Um, and she was like, here's a questionnaire. The way that you talk about time seems kind of ADHD-ish. And she sent me home with a couple of questionnaires and uh, told me I had some conversations with my spouse. And I came back and I was like, okay, now what? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then and then my TikTok started yelling at me about it like three days later, of course. Of course, um, yeah. And... <laughs> And then I went to somebody who could properly evaluate and diagnose, I don't know, maybe a month or two after that. So, yeah, it was, I I was told it didn't come to me by me thinking it myself. Uh, we, and we have that in common. I, my my therapist was the one who pointed it out to me. Um, no kidding. Yeah, it, it was more like... It was sort of the, you know, the characteristics of what I'd said after I'd told a lot of things and, and sort of made the point of, you know, you've tended to hang out and enjoy being around uh, populations and communities that have a high percentage of neurodivergent people. And I said, well, yeah, so? She sort of just looked at me a little more intently and like, shut up. Us now. <laughs> you don't know me just because I just told you my entire life story. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. it was pretty obvious. How did you decide to, uh, do you decide to treat it? And you don't have to answer that question if you don't want to. Um, oh, I'm an open book on that subject. Okay. So um, do you do meds or do you use other methods? Yep. Right now I've tried a couple of stimulants. I've got one that I'm on um, that seems to work okay-ish. And that was because it was like I started really looking at, okay, so... I'm told that I've got ADHD. I'm told that, um, you know, here's the traits of all of my friends because you're right. They do, we do tend to clump together a little bit. Um, and I'm like, I, I'm getting the sense that maybe life doesn't have to be this hard. Um, so, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I've been white knuckling things that maybe I could, I don't know, get some help on. <laughs> Has it been this easy for everybody this whole time and nobody told me? Bad for you when you found that out. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Just... Oh, the anger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. So we're still on the, we're still on the back of that, that card. We're going to talk more about this stuff later on, mm -hmm. but the back of the card. Um, are there any particular comorbidities, comorbidities, uh, comorbidities that you might have... Uh, had along with that that you feel like sharing so like um my spouse uh has an autism diagnosis and the more that i learn about that the more i realize that uh i might be a, a combo pack a little bit mm -hmm. um i haven't been evaluated on that one i probably won't be because it's not something that like i can do much about um as far as i understand um, like I'm fine with it. It's just one of those things. It's like, oh, maybe we should talk about sensory issues a bit more, you know? Gotcha. Um, yeah, like I've been, 
I've, you know, I've been in therapy chairs for a lot, a lot, a lot of time. And usually it is, um, you know, depression or anxiety. And what often ends up happening is like, I remove myself from the situation that put me there in the first place. And it turns out it was burnout all along. So, um, a lot of that, uh, standard issue, depression, anxiety, stress, you know, I bite my fingernails down to the quick. Last question, and then I'm going to come back to the whole idea of the whole burnout idea. Um, what is the, now that you've, you know, been dealing with it for a while, what is, what is the worst part of your ADHD experience or can you think of it? It could be over anything in your entire life, you know? On low key days, it's, uh, forgetting my keys and being 20 minutes late out the door and 20 minutes is really generous by the way um on uh bigger days it's like the repetitive stories that i that i keep telling myself that you know an elementary school teacher told me about me being lazy or some nonsense like that you know <laughs> or it'd be so much cooler if you could apply yourself harder or some those kinds of things yeah oh the self-talk yeah they live straight in my head, and it's annoying. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And uh, and what's the best thing? Uh, the ability to just kind of keep going. You know, my nickname when I was a little little kid was Baby Biz. You could not keep uh, a pencil out of my hand. Um, I I think quickly. I I like to paint a lot like I learn new skills because I get bored um which is both frustrating but also um makes me a bit of a jack of all trades yeah that is I heard I think that would be our uh um what are you thinking of our, our tarot card <laughs> whatever, they would, whatever they, I I don't know enough about tarot to use the right term um mm -hmm. but but yeah the the jack of all trades is <laughs> jack of all trades and master of none or jack of all trades and where are my keys? Um, where are my keys? <laughs> yeah. The the question I have when I, when you mentioned burnout, I mean, if you were 38 when you got the diagnosis, I mean, you were already as well established as a, an artist and, uh, you know, in your, your career as an artist. Did you go, oh, that's why I'm burned out and therefore learned how to avoid it? Or did it just kind of make you go, like, how, how did that first tie into things? It made a lot of things much earlier on make a lot of sense. Um, like when I got my diagnosis, it wasn't the result of burnout. It was the result of um, me having a pretty weird relationship with time, you know? Yeah. Um, the, the burnout piece comes in like, you know, when I was in junior high, I was thinking that I had to be in the exact, in the correct math group or else I was going to end up really struggling to live as an adult you know I thought I was a depressed teenager turns out I was just trying to manage too many things with way too many thoughts in my head at the time um you know when I quit my jobby job like the one that that I had a boss for mm -hmm. um that was like the several years leading up to that were just progressively worse sadder, more stressed out. Like I could not get my shit together. Excuse me. That's okay. Um, you can fucking swear on this podcast all you fucking want. Fan-fucking-tastic. <laughs> you know, and then when I allowed myself to sort of breathe and 
let my body make some decisions about what my workday would look like, like what those hours would look like instead of trying to sit at a desk for a designated amount of time doing a designated type of task for a certain amount of time. Like once I gave up on that concept a little bit, um, it was just like, okay, well, I can actually get more done and I don't feel so much tension in my neck. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I have had the pleasure of visiting your studio. Could you take me through a day? And I and specifically, I'm wondering, like, is there a difference between a day in Nadia's studio pre-ADHD and a day in Nadia's studio post-diagnosis? So honestly, um, the diagnosis lined up with a few other like big life things that were happening. Um, it was like my spouse and I had bought a house uh, in fall of 2020. So we were like settling in. Um, obviously pandemic just, I'm not sure what is post diagnosis and what is just post COVID post lockdown, you know what Good I mean? Good point. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, because I feel like on a fundamental level, we are just all different from who we were in 2019. <laughs> so my studio now is, I've spent a lot more effort breaking it up into sections that I can actually use depending on how my body wants to be and how my brain wants to be, like which kind of light I want. Like I have a living room in my studio and like a standing workspace and then like a stool with an easel in front of it over on the other side, um, like sort of three main segments. And I would not have tried that. Um, like a lot of these things, pardon me for the ramble. <laughs> No, that's, that's what uh, we're here for. <laughs> Ramble away. A lot of these things are things that I sort of did a bit intuitively with the space that I was allowed. So like in my old house, it was a 750 square foot condo that my spouse and I lived in together while they worked full time. I had, we had dogs and I had a business. So like little bitty situation. Um, so like I did as best I could to actually like the way that I work is kind of the way that I work. Like I have always loved modular setups, things on wheels that can be pulled together and pushed apart. Um, like once I got my diagnosis, I just, I actually started connecting with my community and with the broader community. Um, and basically it gave me a place to actually get some ideas. Like I had some search terms, like how do I build a studio with ADHD, you know? And and I'm guessing that you had plenty of episodes of hyperfocus before the diagnosis. Have you like intentionally used it to try and and get a specific you know artwork done or anything? Or yeah, now it actually um, I've basically learned to pay attention to like I work in seasons and um, waves. So like I know that there's going to be periods where I simply cannot like no amount of trying to accomplish finishing a piece of art or particularly in my case doing the businessy stuff um you know corresponding with this or that or adding to my website or whatever there's no amount of effort that's going to make that happen i can't say like 30 minutes every morning is going to be spent doing website work because that will cause me to not want to spend 30 minutes in the morning and then i'll just delay my whole day once I had my diagnosis, it was like, oh, okay, how can I use this? There's inevitably going to come a period where I'm going to 
feel the need to find flow, like the the hyper focus thing. Um, I don't see that as a it like it feels more like flow to me. Like it it's like um, restorative. It like washes me. <laughs> mm. um, there's gonna come a point when I'm gonna need that. Um, so I'm going to let myself knock out six paintings. Like that's when I'll do my summer collection then, you know? Gotcha. And you, you said that, that, that feeds you. I mean, does that mean that you have more energy at the end of one of those things or does it drain you personally? When I, when I go into flow, I love it and I feel wonderful at the end of it. And then I go, holy shit, I'm tired. It actually feels loose to me. Like I'll get a good night's sleep that night or a good couple nights sleep or something like that. But then I'm like, okay, now I feel super ready to take on, like, now's the day that I'm going to plan my my next six website posts, you know? Mm. Did you feel, and then this could be either professionally or personally, when you were open about having ADHD, do you think that that changed the way that any, that, that people interacted with you or that people saw you or saw your work? So... I was lucky in that I didn't have a straight job that I was screwing up at, um, at the time. Pardon me. Out you go. Sorry, my dogs have decided to join the chat. Is that red? But we're good now. That was Bud. I kind of started to have conversations. I had one that really sucked. There was one conversation where I told somebody um, that, you know, my therapist says... Uh, like in the course of regular conversation and she like rolled her eyes and she was like, seems like everybody I know has ADHD these days. And then she like made some really flippant continued gestures about how people are just lazy and whatever. Yep. I definitely asked that person from my life shortly thereafter. But uh, for the most part, when I've told friends They've been like, oh, yeah, me too. Or maybe I got the tism or something related to it, you know. When I told family, I didn't get surprise. I did not get surprise. <laughs> I, I definitely got a little bit of that tracks with uh, who I was as a kid. Like if I used if I use adjectives and describe behaviors, here's what I remember being as a kid, you know. It would be a lot more like, yeah, definitely. I, I affirm that that is 100% who you were, you know? And then, well, that's ADHD. And then it's like, oh, okay, neat. Guess you got ADHD then. And did you reach out to any particular ADHD-specific areas for support? You, you mentioned getting into the, the community of things like that. Was there anything specific that helped you or specific websites or books or things? So honestly, it was, I have inside my life almost every single person who is close to me uh is neurodivergent of some sort um and the ones that arrived at their diagnoses earlier than i did had a lot of great like practical advice for me mm -hmm. and like thoughts that i could carry to be like yeah that was that was also my experience too um it wasn't like i tried to go out and get like support support because I was sort of in a position where I'm already floundering in my head, but not so much in my job or home or whatever, like my mortgage is getting paid and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't really look for 
formal help because most of it was geared towards children, to be honest. And like how to fix children was the other thing too. Yeah. How to make your person able to fit into a neurotypical world. That's just cranky making because, you know, as you also were, I didn't cause any problems as a kid. So I was lost. They didn't catch me, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, I know that statistically speaking, women are, are diagnosed later anyway. Um, yeah. They're, you know, because we go off on a whole tangent of all the ways that, that uh, the medical system not only sucks, but sucks especially for women. Um, That's a whole other thing. Yeah, it's like Dante's circles of hell, you know, on the... <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that would be a fun board game, by the way. <laughs> Dante's circle of healthcare. Uh, oh, my goodness. We are not going to come up with another game. We are not going to, uh, yes, to turn we this are. Away This is on audio now. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we... Um, so, and I, I will let, let... Hey, this is an ADHD podcast. We can go on a tangent. Uh, so for the listeners, um, I, uh, Nadia and I were talking about a game that I had been trying to put together. Um, and while we were talking about it, uh, I came up with, she showed me some tiles, uh, that you were, you were working on. And I suddenly thought of a, a game that would be sort of like, uh, gin rummy and Tetris. No, you had also talked about Tetris. Uh, doing a yeah. collaboration with Tetris and uh, hand lettering and things. And, and yeah. yeah, and so suddenly we came up with a game um, idea for putting together um, tiles of, of paintings. Um, and I think we came up with another game while I was out there, too. And I can't remember what, it was. Can't remember what that one was, thank God. Uh, I remember that one. It was related to the, uh, there was a little... Um, it wasn't like a game game. It was like a thing for your desk or something like that, if uh, I remember correctly. Yeah. And my really spouse is... was talking about the sign about the, the like things. There was an electrical component. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't remember. I, I did get that. Actually, I, now that you said that I had, here it is. Um, so we had a couple of things. We had a game idea. We had bullet journal, the game. Um, I'm now looking at my notes. Uh, and then we also thought of you receive letters from your future self, which cause an email and narrative. Um, like a narrative. Oh yeah, it was like a like a an ADHD murder mystery, but not but without the murder, maybe. Yeah. Well, then we, like, yeah, without an ADHD card you game, you have to figure out. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you have to. You know, here you're trying to get a certain number of things done, and things keep getting in your way. Um, it's gonna yeah. be fun. I will say that in my notebook. Uh, bullet journal the game has a whole lot of notes the receive letters has like three notes and ADHD the card game just has an underline in a big blank space I, I don't think that's because I didn't think of anything I think it's because I figured I didn't really need to put in stuff there it would just kind of write itself um, it will write itself that one <laughs> yeah but that is, that is uh, that is kind of you know I did look to see if there was an ADHD game and there are several ADHD games but uh, you know, to put it bluntly, there's those are also trying to fix people. Like they're they're trying to make it easier, or they're trying to they're they're part of the scaffolding that people use to handle their ADHD, which is fine, all well and good. But I kind of want to have one where we're like, no, let's just let's talk about how shitty it can be, and and play around with that. 
Uh, Laugh a little if possible. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The other thing I'm curious about, and I, I've been trying to see them myself, I, I read a lot about people who say that there's a difference with meds. Uh, I was just watching today uh, an entrepreneur um, that I cannot remember her name exactly, but but she was talking about how when she first took meds, her brain got quiet. Like for the first time, she didn't have a, a running train of thoughts. Um, and I had somewhat the same experience. Like it wasn't that I, it, it wasn't that my brain went quiet exactly as that suddenly things didn't, um, they didn't seem as hard to do the, the simple tasks or the tedious tasks. Um, yeah, but I've also experienced Yeah. Okay, that was my question, and and my other thought was that you know does this change your your process of creativity because creativity is key to what you do uh, and inspiration and all that jazz. I get honestly a lot more done. Um, I've always been the type of artist that has you know eight ish different projects going at once um, in various stages, so that I've always got something. Um, to work on depending on what I, where I want to go, basically. Um, because I guess I always intuitively know, knew I couldn't force myself to do something I didn't want to. But it has made it so that I can streamline a lot more things. Um, it's made it so that I can make connections that always needed to be made, but just were like dying like spit in the wind. Can, can you, know? you give us an example? Uh, for example, uh, I'm looking at it right now in my studio. Um, the rag that I use to brush out, to wash out my acrylic paint, um, you know, I used to do that on a paper towel or a sponge, make a whole lot of water waste, um, put acrylic water down the drain, which always felt disgusting for me. Um, and then piss away a bunch of paper towels that have perfectly good pigment on them. Like that's just because like I, otherwise the waste piles up and I don't know what to do with it. But like, since I've been on medication, I've been able to create more of these situations where I can combine, okay, well, here's all this extra pigment and here's a blank canvas that I'm going to have to do an underpainting on anyway. So what if I just took all that extra pigment and put it on the underpainting on a piece of canvas? Um, it makes those kinds of connections easier to make, which in the end has made my work um, more interesting to me, at least. I don't know if it's making it more interesting for anybody else, but I'm enjoying it a lot more. Um, and it reduces a lot of money in paint that I don't have to paint three layers of paint onto a fresh canvas and then start with a fresh, fresh setup every time. Um, it saves my studio from creating a bunch of trash. Like my trash has gone down a lot. Um, and all of that is because I was able to stop burning Ram trying to solve immediate problems and step back for a sec and look at it as a system. That right there is the quote that will be in the show notes. Uh, we're, we're at about the half hour point, which is uh, about as, as long a podcast as I want to do, but I, I do actually have sort of two final closing questions. Um, so the first question is, what is something that you wish that you could instantaneously 
let everybody who has ADHD know one thing, what would you want them to know? And the other half of the question is, what is something you haven't figured out yet that you're still looking for the answer? I have several things that I'm still looking for the answer on. That's a whole thing. So I'm going to go with the first one. Okay. Which is, uh, what is something that if I could basically instantly share with everyone that's got the ADHD, that they would be able to know and understand? Yeah. Um, I think it would probably be that you're going to do better working with yourself than against yourself. Thank you for that. I actually needed to hear that myself. <laughs> oh, no. No, no. I remind myself on one every day, and it does not work most days, but I'm okay. sure try. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. That's a great one. What just, you know, randomly pick one of the ones that you, uh, or I'll tell you what, if, if you have a lot of them, can you think of six of them? Six things that I would love to solve. Um, just kind of order them in your head and I'll roll the dice and, and we'll pick one. Okay. Okay. Tell me if you're ready. I'm ready. I'm rolling the dice. Four. What's the fourth one? The fourth one. That one was, okay, so that one is, um, I'm great at getting 85% of the way through a project. And that last 15% is so painful, like it cannot, will not get done. I've tried cajoling myself. I've tried beating myself up. I've tried some freaking DS dynamics with myself to try and dom myself into doing it, and it's not working. I would love to solve that last 15% so it could just get done. Well, you know, that that's easy. You, you just need to do it. <laughs> oh, okay. Is that all it takes? <laughs> Oops, sorry. Ah. Oh, man. Man, I, I, I thought I had uh, put down my internalized ableism there, but apparently I didn't. So my bad. Um, hey, we're getting there. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for, for doing the interview with us. Uh, the, the very first one for the ADHD Open Space podcast. I forgot how much I like doing interviews and hearing people's stories, uh, but I also just really, really appreciate that it was you. Thank you for inviting me, Gray. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the ADHD Open Space Podcast. Again, my name is Gray Miller. If you have any comments or questions about the show, you can feel free to leave them on the podcast page at adhdos.substack.com forward slash podcast. Or you can email me directly, gray, G-R-A-Y, at adhdopen.space. The background music for the intro and outro are from pixabay.com and are called Funny Days Together by Background Music Lab, used under a YouTube content ID license.